Hello and welcome to Secondhand Film Critics, your favorite source for mildly pretentious, semi-uneducated, and highly unqualified opinions on movies. Um, I am... <laughs> I didn't think of... I didn't prepare anything. Mm. I am the very small pool in the backyard uh, in their Italy countryside <laughs> house in Call Me By Your Name. And I am Elio dancing to the psychedelic furs very poorly. I was going to say the peach, and then I felt like that might be a little I, too That's what the go-to is. That's <laughs> might the go-to. might be a little in, your... in, too inappropriate to get, to get this episode I, rolling, unfortunately. I just, yeah, I don't know if maybe that's how we should start it off. We should definitely lead into it. Might not give a, a, ver- a great impression <laughs> to yeah, any yeah, new you know, listeners. Um, but every, I mean, if you clicked on this episode, you know what you're getting yourself into, you know? Yes, I feel like yes, you, yes. And if you didn't, and hope. if you don't know what you're getting yourself into, a peach could just be a peach. Like, you could end the episode now, and it's still, like, it, it doesn't be. mean anything. It and that is all just a peach. it is. A peach. It's just peachy. A peach is a summer um, delicacy. <laughs> <laughs> a peach a day keeps the doctor away hey that's um, what a sex therapist might say <laughs> that's what they might say you know I that know. is what i wouldn't know um yeah i don't know like like um what is the word i'm looking for like hygienically i'm not sure <laughs> but what's we'll we'll go yeah let's move um, on um yeah let's let's before we get into all of the the good stuff we have to read the question of the week answers from our question we asked last week in our Guardians of the Galaxy 3 review. Uh, we asked, what song do you wish was in a Guardians of the Galaxy movie? Because obviously, mm-hmm. some great songs in there. Some great needle drops throughout the trilogy. But I feel like there are some ones that, you know, could fit the bill. If you wanted to re-edit a scene with a certain needle drop, there's a lot of other songs that could work that I think would have been really cool. So, yes. I'm interested to see what the listeners came up with um do you want to kick us off on spotify yes i would love to um noah hewitt said shot through the heart is that um you give love a bad name yes i believe so bon jovi Uh uh-huh shot through the heart but it's like love I think I did that Shot when I was play- when I used to play for a, a mega church, um, yeah. in back nice. in the day. Um, I think we did that as a walk-in song once, which is crazy. That is um, wild. We played um a wild walk-in song choice. We played unhinged. Um, we would try to get away with playing modern rap songs ah so I, we played that yes. one um like lil yachty song that was popular in like 2016 2017 you would know which one i'm talking about if you heard it um probably if i heard it yeah yeah it's got like a That's specific funny. intro and then like that was when damn came out so we would try to do some kendrick songs as well ah yeah but we would play nice. it like no one would know but us gotcha yeah like, see see if you see if you could sneak it and i used to when i used to play during communion i used to sneak in like the office theme yeah and, like, yeah yeah exactly movie show themes you know you do what you got to do to stay like literally when the pastor literally when the pastor is <laughs> preaching <laughs> that's when i would do, i would like try to do stuff too like you know when the piano player yeah. comes up and it's like yeah, yeah. 
Oh yeah, he's still That's finishing it. out his message, but you have the cue and you come up and you pay, play like the, the strings to kind of amplify the yeah. altar call um, to make it to make it more emotionally resonant and manipulative. Yes, That's kind of the goal. Exactly the point. Um, um, Mike said, uh, "I threw out the love of my dreams by Weezer." Wow, we did not. I feel like I've not heard that song, but I feel like. This third movie could have used like a classic Weezer mm. needle drop. I could you know? see it. Like I just feel like like either Blue Album or Pinkerton, like just a cla- like I think that is something that Rocket would be into. You know, I feel like he Weezer? could get into some Weezer I for feel sure. Like he could. Unironically. Um, unironically, of course. Uh Bryce on Instagram said Roxanne by the police, a classic. Uh, that would have definitely fit. Ah, uh, yeah. That would have fit for sure. And that um, was like popular on TikTok like fairly recently. Put on so. the red light. That's like, a great song. A couple years Roxanne. ago on TikTok. I remember when that one like song Roxanne came in. Like, Roxanne, Roxanne. All she wanted to do is party up. Whenever people brought up that song, I for so long I thought they were talking about the police song. And I was like, oh man, I love that song. Um, and that's not the song they were referring to. Mm. So. L. L. Uh, Danny on Instagram also said "Dancing Queen." Ah, a great choice. Yes, Abba. That we we could have got a, a good Abba uh, needle drop too. I, I think. There, love there was Abba. I definitely think we need some some Abba. Yeah, I feel like um the strings, especially in some of their songs, would fit well. Mm. Like you know, like some of they the string good, parts like, similar um, to like the Electric Light Orchestra. Yeah, kind of like vibe. they have a good um like upbeat sort of airy yeah. type feel but it, i agree but it bops yeah. like it's like it hits, but it bops. It's got the hits it's like you want to dance to it that's what they should put in it let's get oh, some, high school musical yeah like drop. but like maybe like a remix like a 75 70sified mm. remix of a high school musical mm. song Maybe like maybe awesome. maybe like star lord listens to bet on it or like rocket listens to bet on it and he's like has the little I think thing. Drax listens to uh, bet on it. Drax is the high school musical I'm not fan. Gonna like stop. maybe That's he, when he was down I on am. earth, he like saw high school musical yeah. and then he got like really into it. That's my new headcanon. Yes. And then the f- the fan fiction is being developed. It is as being we developed speak. in the brain as we speak. I will post it on my account. I will not. Yeah. Um but man, Drax would love high school musical. I hope they can they can get it he nowhere. Would. Maybe they can get a DVD. Player Maybe I'll tweet right it. There. I'll tweet it at James Gunn and be like, "Has Drax <laughs> would seen, Drax like High School Musical? Has Drax seen? I need to know if this is canon. Wait, I'm gonna tweet it at him right now. Okay, okay. Live, live. Uh, he's re- tweet right he's here. Re- he normally he has replied to my tweets before. Um, yeah, he's pretty, and he's been pretty active recently. I've seen answering some questions like, uh. For, for, for the guardian so i think he's still like on like the low-key press tour right now like you know lightly promoting hello so let's see james gunn or maybe you could even ask like have any of the guardians seen i need to know the high school musical trilogy if any of the guardians have seen <laughs> the high school musical trilogy parentheses mm. specifically drax I think he would love it. Yeah. Yeah. Tweet. I think he would really relate to Troy in that second, has been, in that second the movie. The tweet has been sent. Know. Okay. Perfect. 
perfect. Great. Hope we'll 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 update. On Twitter, um, we have Ruby. She said, "Burning down the house, Ugh. talking heads." I feel like it could work. Any talking Any heads would have been heads. great. I'm so pro talking heads in. Oh yeah, not Speaking pro of talking heads. Talking, he- talking heads in not mm-hmm. pro talking heads in documentaries, but pro talking heads. Because remember we talked about talking heads documentaries before. We did. Yeah, not the you band. You don't like Talking Heads documentaries? No, remember oh, when we talked about oh, the band? The, yes, not yes, the band. Like, like having not their the head. Band. I was trying to make not a joke. I, <laughs> I was because trying to make I a know joke. Talking Heads has a documentary, and I was no, like, what's I wrong like with it. the documentary? No, I'm talking I, okay, about we did an episode yes, I where remember we talked about joke. Talking Heads, like people in documentaries. Yeah, people, okay, like the style of documentaries. It didn't work. It's fine. Like History Channel. No, I remember now. Talking Heads, I feel like... A lot of their songs could work. Um, yeah, they're in like especially some of their songs are very like uh, sci-fi like feeling. That'd be cool. Yes. Anyway, speaking of Talking Heads, Elio does wear a great Talking Head shirt. He does. In Call me by your name. And Let me tell you. You know what? I I tried to find that shirt for you. I did too. Oh, I, I've tried to find that shirt for so long. I tried it's to find great. it for you for Christmas, and I could not find it anywhere i love that shirt that whole fit on that like bike scene is his bet like with the backpack yeah and like like, those shorts that are like great out 10 out just top to bottom 10 out of 10 iconic 11 out of 10 Uh, he beats every scene he is destroying oliver in the fit department um oh yeah totally oliver Oliver is running out of options like he just really has the one look with the button-up shirt tucked in you know kind of short pants like i, I feel read like... that they were trying to make him like kind of prim and proper and then like i guess at the beginning he's like more tucked in and then like by the end he's more I, like yeah. relaxed which i was like that's fine i do i do see that but also yeah. he looks dumb sorry but <laughs> i just think he needs to look cooler the braided belt too i don't think really worked oh. um anyway this episode, I know we haven't even addressed this. Last week we said we were going to be doing the beginning of our Summer of Twilight series. Yes. This week. Uh, um, but I have we not finished that... the book, yes. which is why we yes. pushed it back by my request. Yeah, and I, we did push it back. I think it will give us give time to make the content even better. Better, you know? yes. Make the episode even better. And I actually, we I do think this is a fun episode because we have long danced around maybe our feelings on call me by your name and also it's just like a great summer movie and we're starting summer right now and Mm -hmm. like i think it's a great movie to watch during this time of year so i think this will be a fun a fun episode pretty chill um reevaluating if you will call me by your name five years later almost coming up on six yeah so yeah the five years well yeah it'll come it'll be five years since it released Five and a half, I guess, since release at at um, Sundance. It released in January yes. of 2017 yep. at Sundance, mm. and then it released like th- theaters in November of 2017. So yep. we're like sitting at the five years. Um, yeah. Wait, wouldn't that be six if it was 2017? Because it's 2023. Uh, right. I think I don't eight know. to nine to ten to twenty to twenty-one. Yeah, I think this is. I think it's six years from Sundance. It hasn't been six years since the yeah that's what um, yeah because it'll it the, won't the we haven't hit release. the whole like the full release yes, if you count sundance as a release we haven't hit 
we haven't hit the i got you yeah yeah i can't believe this is already six years old almost that's like this has definitely felt like it, it it's felt both like it just came out but also like it's been a long in time the, like in the consciousness for a while so it's an interesting movie yeah that doesn't get talked about as much i think actually like but people just you know like i you know like the 2017 boom of those movies i feel like you know this what's one really crazy though a lot of talk but it like is known to be the biggest one i guess i don't know i did not realize how much this movie saturated tiktok like i knew that mm. it did a little bit but when i was watching it like there's at least 15 different like sound bites in the movie that are like mm. have been or are currently like popular tiktok sounds interesting like just like lines of people saying something yeah. and like i that just kind of surprised me because like some of them i knew were from call me by your name but some of them i did not know were from call me by your name mm. And so it was kind of weird now, like, re-watching it and, like, hearing some of it and being like, wow, this is still, like, feels relevant, but also, like, it feels mm. like it's kind of out of the scope, but I guess it's not, but maybe it's not forward in the scope the same way. Yeah, it's Like, weird. in a different like, way it is. I don't know. Yeah. Like, I feel like a movie similarly during the same year, also Timothy Chalamet, like, Lady Bird, I feel like gets talked about a lot more and, dis and like critiqued and discussed a lot more like as a reevaluation but i don't think this one does as much it's interesting now thinking too like we're at the cycle of this movie where there are going to be people that are watching it or discovering it kind of for the first time you know like if people were 12 when this movie came out and now they're going to be almost like 18 sure there might be a lot of people like watching it sure for the first time now and it's like so that's also something to consider too like there's going to be maybe a new wave at this point of people watching it for the first time and having reactions. Um, I feel like that hasn't, I just, we'll get it. Okay. I just feel like it hasn't happened yet because I think there's going to be a lot of similarly to licorice pizza uh, TikToks. I like, I think that if that is going to happen when this, when people are watching this movie more, there's going to be like a big, uh, moral panic around it so i, don't I think know. that's i mean know. there's a there's a lot of converse i i feel like maybe we just don't run in the same maybe circles. i'm just not there maybe you're just not yeah. in the same circles because i see this are movie, people discussing it a lot for you yeah i mean i see people okay. talking about it um it has more of an ambiguous perspective now in conversation mm. Um, I think there are a lot of people that still really do like this movie or perceive mm. it a certain way. And then there's a large group that also has a lot of issues with it or claim mm. it as pretty extreme, like grooming and pedophilia and like, like have pretty extreme yeah. takes on it. Yeah. Cause and... I see it. I see it a yeah, lot. Yeah. Like, um, on TikTok, especially. Gotcha. All right. Um, you did a little bit of background research into this movie. Do I did. Wanna, I, I haven't. I haven't looked at any of this. So I read kind of a lot more than I wrote. Um, okay. Well, that's good. We'll kind of bleed into the conversation today. Um, yeah. yeah. It seemed like so originally the book. Um, there were some people who bought it, bought the rights. Were like, oh, this will be a good movie. Blah blah blah. Got passed around a bit. Uh, the guy who wrote the script or got the screenwriting credit. Um. What's his full name? James Ivory. 
uh, he was one of the first people tacked on to it. And actually, he, uh, Luca was, um, they wanted Luca to direct, and he was like, no. And then they kind of were going to, like, co-direct it, him and Ivory, like, at some point, and sort of, like, wrap back around to that. Luca was living in Italy, something about, he, he was, like, doing location scouting for it, but he was mm. like, I'm not going to direct it. Like, he was kind of helping with the project, and then... They were like, "Oh, we're gonna, you're gonna co-direct it," and then like there was stuff with the investments and the production companies, and they were like, "We only want one director. Like it's it's worse for us to have co-directors because they were like, mm. if we're putting money into this, we don't want to like have issues with you guys like fighting on set or like having creative differences. Like we just want mm. one person attached to it." So Ivory actually sort of backed down, and he was like, because he had done the script. And he was like, I want the screenwriting credit for it. And then you get the directing credit for it. And then it's funny because Luca actually like rewrote stuff and like redid stuff. Mm. But like he still got the screenwriting credit for it because that was kind of the deal that they made. But yeah, so the backers were like, uh, said it was too expensive. And so the original budget was $12 million dollars. And then they reduced them to $3.4 million and the filming schedule was cut from 12 weeks to five weeks. Um, so, like, it seemed like the backers really didn't believe in the movie, but then, like, ended up making $43 million, uh in the oh, box yeah. office. So, like, it, you know, they should have just yeah. invested the more money in it. Not that it needed it, but you know what I mean? Like... Um, it yeah, seems had, like it had more relevance than they think they were expecting. Yeah, and it seems like they ended up doing a lot of like sort of grassroots stuff for it, which is interesting. Like it feels very indie in that that um, context mm. because I think a lot of times when you look at this movie, you think of it as an indie movie, but also it feels bigger than it is, like than what they mm -hmm. put into it. Like it almost feels like a large studio production or like something that a lot was yeah. put into it. But, like, a lot of the stuff was Luca just being, like, oh, yeah, like, we got a lot of the stuff at antique stores. And then, like, all the furniture and the stuff is, like, from my grandparents, like, stuff from yeah, the 50s. Yeah, <laughs> like, cool. And then, but the main thing they did was they built the, like, the peach grove and, like, stuff for the house, I guess. I don't know. Mm. Like it sounded kind of fancy and cool. Just like, just like little, little. Yeah, you should read them. about the production design and in costuming and stuff because that mm. stuff was all very interesting. And I definitely want to read more about kind of all the efforts they did with mm. um, the the period piece and, and decades and right. how they did it, but like we're trying to do it effortlessly and not make it seem like a period yeah. piece. But like it was really cool. Well, I I think that is a really one of the best aspects of the movie. Yeah, is, I agree. Like, the the 80s period piece but it doesn't feel super in your face especially at this time where like 80s nostalgia was on a high with yeah and all they, those stranger they, things and everything it's very very tastefully done i think yeah they they did push it back a bit from the book um like they kind of pushed it more into the 70s than the 80s because they were like we wanted to be pre um <laughs> them knowing anything about like Reagan in the United States was one of the things they said was like, they just wanted to set mm. it before some of that so that 
there's less like it can kind of be more centralized which I thought was really interesting um but there's a lot of really interesting stuff that they said about the decade and like everything they kind of put into that which was cool yeah so some of the stuff that was interesting to read about his um sort of perspective was obviously one of the biggest things which we'll get to is like the sexuality in uh the book not and the story uh not just Mm -hmm. in terms of like not just like he's gay but like the sexuality of like the his thought process on like eroticism and stuff like that and how that's depicted in the book versus how he wanted to display it on screen um Mm. so I guess in Ivory's draft there was a lot more um approach to like sex scenes and more nudity and Luca didn't want any of that um, he was like, it's more about the way the character, um, I don't know, is like experiencing the story rather than mm. like just showing what's going on. Like, so yeah. he had some really interesting comments and stuff about how he depicts the coming of age film and how like he really didn't want any of that in it, which I thought was really kind of, I think it helps give a better perspective on some of the age gap stuff. Cause I think like. Mm. He, it seemed like he approached it pretty, um, I don't know. It felt like when I was reading some of his comments, I felt a little bit better about it than I have previously about it. I, I, Um, I think too, it's like when you think about this movie or at least when I was, I I was, um, I imagined it when I was going back into it as being more like having more sexual scenes than it actually does. Like, cause I think you feel a lot of that eroticism in the, in the way it's shot yeah. and in the scene, but you don't really see a lot of it. And I think that is like a really, um, I don't know, really interesting way of doing it, you know? And so, and very, very smartly shot to be able to still get that feeling. Yeah. So he said, I liked this quote from him about it. Um, when he was asked about why he wasn't interested in, uh, portraying or including like the sex scenes in the film. Uh, And he Mm. said, I wanted the audience to completely rely on the emotional travel of these people and feel first love. It was important to me to create this powerful universality because the whole idea of the movie is that the other person makes you beautiful, enlightens you, elevates you. So it was more about Mm. the feeling that Elio was having rather than um, the depiction of it, I guess. Like he wanted to immerse you in his emotions rather than like just show you mm. uh which i think is really really cool um yeah and and definitely good filmmaking um so some of the reception of it uh it grossed in its first limited release grossed i guess or it was pretty high um in the first limited release like which was kind of why it like it had one of those ramp up releases where they did the yeah whatever like they weren't sure how it was going to do and then it performed really well so they opened it to more theaters and then more theaters and then after it got the best picture nomination they opened it like much wider as well mm-hmm. um so it grows 18.1 million in the united states and canada and 23.8 million in other territories for the total as i said before 41.9 million uh it was sony picture classics third highest grossing release of 2017 and then for limited release, it had the best per screen opening for a gay romance film since Brokeback Mountain in 2005. 
uh, which is pretty cool. Yeah. It's a long time. It's like a long time between <laughs> these movies. Yes. Yeah. A very long time. Uh, at its premiere at the Sundance Film Festival, uh, received a standing ovation. That Since that's kind of, it was like the first time people yeah. were talking about it. So it sort of got on people's radar then. Uh, and then when it screened at Alice Tully Hall as part of the New York Film Festival, it received a 10-minute ovation, the longest in festival's history. And, like, this, like, okay, the yeah. The standing ovation thing I'm But, like, done. standing I'm ovations do- don't really tell you anything. I just think it's cool that, like, it, it yeah. did seem to be getting early good receptions yeah, at yeah. film festivals. Like, that's more what's a, noteworthy. The New York Film Festival, I think at this point the Cannes Film Festival standing ovations don't mean anything. Like those nothing, are worth- nothing. It's they're they're like worthless. Oh, do, don't worry, darling. Got a ten minute standing ovation, blah, blah, blah. and it's like, oh my god, for, for what? what? For what? If I'm going to Cannes, if I ever go to Cannes, I'm leaving. I'm not. I am not clapping for ten minutes. Yeah. No, thank you. No way. It's so dumb. Um, going to the bathroom, guys. I've been sitting here for three. But hours. yeah, it received good critical feedback. Um, it was interesting because I feel like. I wasn't really in the film, like on film Twitter and stuff then. Mm. But one thing I found very interesting is there were a lot of film festivals that did not screen it because of the content. Um, interesting. So like, I think the Beijing Film Festival and a couple other countries that have festivals that like mm. um, don't uh, approve or have laws against LGBTQ uh, people in their countries right. or have a uh, worse um perspective then they right. uh were not they didn't allow it to be screened which is uh, well i guess that makes sense since seeing as like the disney ones which have like if they look at another person of the same sex the wrong way then they're like no no cut that can't scene. have that yeah we gotta have it so i mean it, it i would that is definitely unexpected but that's something i just never sure. heard about before yeah i mean either, like, yeah. i mean it doesn't surprise me but i just didn't know it um yeah so critical reception was was good um like it had a really high rotten tomatoes score coming out of the um festivals like all kinds of big name critics uh were like yeah great movie like it was getting really high reviews um obviously it was nominated um for like baftas and oscars and all that uh, but the biggest thing at the time, even, was the age gap, um, which is kind of the resounding criticism that has lasted through the five years, is mm-hmm. uh, the character is supposed to be 17, Elio, and Oliver is 24 in the book slash movie, which obviously uh, in other countries, consent is different ages of consent. Yeah. Um, and like, I think Italy is... 17, 17 yes yeah. yeah um so it's like i don't know it, there's a lot of i don't know well and also 24 like there you can say he's 24 but does he look 24 yeah and i think no. actually that's where the biggest issue comes from which is something that we've mentioned before and something we'll probably talk about uh a lot of people were bothered by the age difference of of timothy and army uh they were 10 years apart when they filmed this timmy was 21 and army was 31 which i'm like i get it but also like i mean if you're i think it's it's fine but i just don't think they thought like they needed to cast someone younger mostly just so he is younger like army hammer is too old he looks he looks too old and that's my opinion um but i 
it's interesting because some of the pushback on this is there were a, a few people being like, well, this is like horrible. And people were like, okay, well, like, how do you feel about Gone with the Wind? And they're like, I don't know. And yeah, they're like, okay, well, that age gap yeah. is worse. Or like, how do you feel about White Christmas with like Bing Crosby being like, mm-hmm. I don't know, like 25 years older than her? Yeah, way older. So it's maybe, like, maybe I don't know. Older. I do think there is a double standard. Um, and I think part of that mm-hmm. is probably because there's a higher critique or spotlight on this because they're, this is an LGBTQ film. I think yeah. people... Um, want to jump on what they know more but i'm like I've, yeah and like i, I don't have think some if issues this wasn't uh if this was a like a heterosexual relationship i don't think that would have been brought up at all at least the age difference at between least not the in actors the s- yes maybe like the at least characters, not in the but same way the um because yeah. like we saw that discourse in licorice pizza um but i yeah. think that even with that it wasn't the same level as this and definitely was not and it as wasn't about the lasting. actors either it was just about the characters too yeah so, so there's a lot of i yeah. i don't know there's it's very interesting um it's odd. yeah and then of course it won best adapted screenplay it pretty much swept screenplay at most awards uh and then was not timmy was nominated uh, it was nominated for best picture and original song uh, and then it was he, Timmy was nominated as well at like the BAFTAs and many other award ceremonies. So now let's talk. Yeah, our thoughts about this movie. Um, I guess we can start with our kind of original original thoughts, original like thoughts, we, um, yeah, consumption of it. For, yeah, first, yeah, and like origin, I guess, like with a story and like did sure. we read the book or did we when we, did we see it first? Um, do you want to go first, or do you want me to go first, or? Yeah, I don't actually remember when I saw it first. I guess mm-hmm. when it was in the Oscars, um, would have been when I saw it pre letterboxed, uh, pre my letterbox mm-hmm. account. That's why I can't do it because it was I didn't have letterbox then. Um, I didn't feel any particular. I had no particular thoughts about it. I thought it was fine. Um, I liked the aesthetic, and that was about it. You know, like I kind of just it was just another movie um right and then obviously with all the discourse i i'd seen it again and then um i read the book i got the book from the thrift store and i was like oh cool like i know people like the book i'll got it from the thrift i'll read it uh and then i ended up having a lot of issues with the book uh so Mm. i was like huh i wonder now if i should revisit the movie after this uh and i i i think now to like i i feel pretty much the same about the movie like it's probably like a a three and a half star movie for me which i think is what it is for you as well yeah that's what i gave it Um, yesterday yeah although reading some of the stuff today about it i was like maybe this is like a four star movie (laughs) i think uh, it's because i've read some really cool things today that they put into it which just the production of it which i don't know if that counts as like me wanting to raise my score of it but learning some of the behind the scenes made me appreciate it more Mm -hmm. than Mm -hmm. i did i think um so i have yeah i've i've watched the movie i've read the book and then i read a rewrite of the book with um harry potter characters <laughs> it's uh, fan fiction uh but it's classic it's like a like a whole like it's a novel and it's longer than the book and it's actually better than the book um i think because it sort of takes out all the age gap stuff 
ages the characters up. Uh, it takes out everything in the book that's like um, ableist, um, sexist. Um, Elio. This is from the book. Yeah. So Elio yeah. in the book is kind of, if you've read it, he's very like, he, I find him very different in the movie than I do the book. Um, mm. Because he's very, um, he feels like a very toxic white male, white cis male. Um, like he thinks mm, about war a lot and like compares things to war all the time and is yeah. like, which you get a little in the movie, but I think it's, it feels very different. Like almost like it feels very dif- different. It feels like a very different kind of character. Yeah. Yeah. And like, he's just like very sort not like misogynistic. I don't know. Like it's walking this thin line of like seeing mm. women as objects uh, and like being sex obsessed and stuff, so I just find it like I don't know. I think the book is very. I have a lot of thoughts on the book, uh, but the fan fiction is better. That's what I was trying to say. <laughs> is that it takes out everything that's not good about the book and makes it better. Um, gotcha. But yeah, what about you? Um, yeah, I definitely have a lot less history with um with it. I haven't read the book or uh even i know you didn't read it all but i know you even read some of the second book so i know you're definitely more yes the fan fiction, oh my god so I think you're I, more and you know what this narrative the second book starting the second book when it came out i i didn't i i i have mixed feelings about the first book and when the second book came out i got it from my library i wasn't gonna buy it and i got through maybe the not even the full first chapter and I, it like made me not like the first book more because I felt like the author, I like the way he wrote it. I was like, oh, so this age gap thing is actually like, like a fetish for him. Mm. And that made me like really not like his perspectives in the first book because I, it made me yeah. like really weirded out on him. Like, I kind of was already weirded out a little bit in some of the descriptions in the book. But, like, when I started reading the second book, I was like, oh, ooh, okay, this, like, makes me really not like a lot of this stuff even more than I mm. already didn't like it. I don't know. Yeah. Gives well, I mean, me bad, and there's going to be a, Isn't there going to be a second movie? They're making another one, right? I don't know. The second book isn't even about Elio and Oliver. It's, like, about the dad, and the dad, like, divorces the mom which is crazy oh, no. to me. The dad in the movie is great. Yeah, we so they, the they get divorced and then oh. it starts where, this is insane. You're not even going to believe that this is real. <laughs> it starts okay. with him on this train and he's traveling, I think, to go see Elio in the city. Elio's like a piano, uh, like a famous piano pianist. I was trying yeah, to remember what sense. the name was, piano player. Um, and he like sees this really young girl in this train who's probably like I think maybe she was in her like 20s um like it was emphasized that she was she was young and beautiful and stuff and he like strikes up a conversation with this girl and then like goes and sleeps with her and he's like an old man and she's like really young and I was like this feels really strange to me and I don't like it (laughs) That's an odd sequel choice. It was very, it was a very, 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 I mean, just in general, like it's very odd. Didn't it come out very close to the movie as well? So it feels like maybe it was like, 
he had to write a sequel it to came capitalize. Out, no, it came out in 20, like right at the beginning of COVID because that's when I got it from my oh, library, okay. I believe. Gotcha. Well, maybe even then he won't feel like he like he had more eyes on him and like he knew a sequel would sell better. I like, think, did he have um, an idea for a sequel before the movie came it out? It came out in 2019. Like... Yeah, I don't know. Okay. It was really weird. Yeah, so I watched this movie for the first time, I think, four years ago. Um, I went in, I think, pretty pretty thinking I was going to... I mean, like you said, this has great critical reception. A lot of people I know have given this really high ratings, high praise. Um, I definitely... It did not click for me a lot in a lot of ways i think when i first saw it um i liked a lot of the aesthetic stuff i thought like the vibes were great i thought the visual storytelling was really good um i just don't think the um the core the core of the story clicked for me and i didn't know really why at the time i thought it might have been like the age gap thing like you said is a little weird so like i don't I just didn't feel like I res- it, the story really hit with me emotionally, and I didn't really feel what the character, what I felt like I was supposed to be feeling in the moment, um, and I didn't know why really at all until and then. I fe- I think I kind of figured that out wh- out out why over the course of time, and it definitely confirmed this last viewing that I really think it all comes down to the casting of Army Hammer. I just don't yes. think he. I just don't think he can do it. That's um, my biggest a, it, biggest issue with it. It's it is somewhat his the the way he plays the character, but it's also just the way like that he looks, which is a lot of casting, right? Like the visual, like what the character looks like, is so important to how you view them. Mm. And he just doesn't look like what he's supposed to be. I can't even I can't explain it. He doesn't, and he and he doesn't act in a way that would make it obvious to me that like oh this is someone that you would be like drawn to you know like everything that he does makes it feel like this guy seems like just really annoying and like also really boring like there's nothing about him that is interesting especially because the movie gives us so much time with elio and timothy chalamet gives like one of the most incredible performances that i've seen honestly like i think he's incredible in this movie. And so I think that also like you would, you need someone to counter that to have just as good, if not like maybe a little better of a performance, if you want to make that really believable. And I just don't think army hammer was up for the task of doing this movie. And I, that was the main, even beyond like the fact that the age gap is weird. Like I think the movie in the, I don't know about the book. I've read the book, but to me, it's pretty obvious that the movie is not, like playing this as like a when Harry met Sally, like oh we really want them to get together, yeah, yay the be- the cup hashtag couple goals, like I think it's very much it's very much obviously about like um like figuring out your sexuality and also just like I think that speech that the dad has at the end or the monologue is very key, where it's like just feeling these emotions in like because your life is so short and just kind of not being scared to just take chances and you know and like even if and then like he said like feeling those sad emotions and just living your life to like the full capacity i don't know i think it's just a lot less about this correlationship so i think 
it's less about like the weirdness of that and more just like I don't think that he was the right person for the role and I don't think that he played it in a way that would make the th- that makes the story compelling because I am actually find this movie pretty boring at times just because I'm not interested and as much in like the the this plot yeah like I think that the vibes are cool and I love Timothy Chalamet's performance but I just think like I'm not invested at all in like oh man this is a really this is really crazy right now. This is a crazy time. I think like, it's I because it's not believable. Like, I have mm. a hard time being sold on him being infatuated with Army Hammer's character because I'm like... Yeah, I can I can buy the other way. Like, I can understand why you would be infatuated with, with Elio. Yes. Because I think he's, like, a really interesting character. And, like, that I think they do well. But the other way, I don't understand. Yeah, right. and I yeah. think... Um, I mean, like you said, Army Hammer looks like, I mean, there's times in it that I'm like, he's supposed to be 24 and there's times in it that I'm like, he looks like he could be like almost a 40 year old dad. <laughs> like he looks like mid thirties, this whole, this movie. Yeah, yeah. Like he looks very old and I, I, I think that doesn't help at all. And then yeah. two, like this character in the book specifically is so like charismatic like Mm. everyone in the town loves him and the dad loves him and like supposedly all these girls love him and like you know what I mean like everyone is drawn to this guy because he's so enigmatic and like like I don't know I just think it's crazy to me to imagine Army Hammer being a charismatic person because he's not I agree for one and two he's a horrible actor so, like, whether or not, I mean, even if you could be like, okay, he's attractive, which he's not, um, or, like, he looks the role, he doesn't, like, maybe you could get past the bad acting. Like, maybe. Like, let's say you have yeah. someone, I'm trying to well, think. Well, someone who looks exactly like what you would expect. Yeah, I'm trying to think who who I'm, who I would imagine. Um, what character we could we should recast this movie with him. like like someone actor. like Mike Faced who I'm always gonna go, is gonna be my go to yeah like, I don't I think I yeah, yeah like yeah, he ahead. he can pass as that age for one mm-hmm. and like I think that he's someone that like you could put him in the role and he's a great actor but even if he wasn't a good actor I think he could be believable in the role mm. more like or um I'm trying to think of. I feel like Mike Face though, like body type is too similar to Timothy. Yes, I agree. I do think but, like, but someone of the that... stocky nature is good. Like that Oliver is a little bit more like built. So it would have been I in twenty seventeen. So six years ago. I just trying to think like what kind of yeah, like you So said, an like, actor who's like actor. thirty now hmm. thirty year old actors. Hot. <laughs> Harry Styles. <laughs> 30, um, 30 sexy actors in their 30s. Oh, oh. I feel like at this time, like, Andrew Garfield could have done it. This was, like, silence, mm. I think. You don't feel like, like he's too too skinny? I He could have put on... I mean, like, Spider-Man. Like, maybe he had some, some stuff left from Spider-Man. I do think you're right. It is a little bit still the same issue, but obviously better actor, so... Someone who's white. No offense. <laughs> well i think that um, you're right like it, it that makes 
the well because he's a he's also a dick so like it's got to be a character you can give off like and like yeah like a wheat like an annoying academic like graduate doctorate school type person like just Um, like a ivy league kind of kind of guy oh this is a great list miles teller that would have worked i think at that time like maybe not now like if you think about him now but i think Miles like Teller whiplash. in 2017. Yeah, I'm looking Whipl- at a picture. Like a after Look whiplash. up Google Google Miles Teller 2017. Yeah, 100%. This is who they should have cast. Oh, dude, yes. This is it. 100%. Why was he in talks to be in this movie? Who This is it. We just, we cracked the case. Call me by your name. Army Hammer casting other who who else was in talk oh shia labeouf that also literally why did they pick like the two most toxic male figures in hollywood shia labeouf would have at least worked better i think shia labeouf is at least a better actor i do think he's a better actor he's He's the worst a horrible person though he is um yeah miles teller there you go let's go back in time let's put miles teller in this film instead um, yeah, I just think, like, that's definitely the biggest hang-up for me. I think even with the age gap, which obviously I find age gap in something concerning, but I think in this, it's also not... I think a lot of people perceive this as a romance film, which I think is the wrong perception. I agree. Um, I agree. I don't think it's a romance film. I think, especially after revisiting the book in the past 24 hours... I think it's very much capturing Elio's, like, it almost feels unrequited to me. Like, it feels Mm. like Oliver does not love him. And that it's Elio's first love, but Oliver does not Mm. feel the same way. He just finds it as, like, this sort of summer, yeah, this kid is interesting. Like, he's here. Yeah. Yeah, and, like... I think he maybe had some sort of attachment in the moment, but I also don't think he cared. You know what I mean? Like, well, and I think you hear that in the movie a little bit too, where it's like, I think one of the best scenes is like after, I think the, the, the one night that they sleep together, like the, you know, like when he goes the 12 AM thing, uh-huh. which is great. Even leading up to it, like keep checking his watch. That's a great touch. Um, how he like Elio, no, Oliver has to like go pick up something. And then Elio, like, after he leaves decides to like chase him down with a bike and like i just think like there's there are a lot of ways where you see elio's more like um puppy love like naive young like his his age starts to show the more the closer he gets attached to oliver and oliver kind of does act a little bit more like oh obviously you think that way like he he understands and i think you have to look at it with that viewpoint and i think when you when I, because I had rewatched it in the summer last year, but it wasn't like I was sitting down and like fully watching it. So yeah. this is kind mm-hmm. of like my first time revisiting it with like a more analytical perspective in, in tandem with the book as well, because it's been a few years since I've read the book. Um, and I think when you look at it in that way, I think you can understand it better. But I, I, agree. I yeah. have a problem with people looking at it as a, a romance story. Yeah. Because it just, I don't It also just doesn't feel romantic to me. 
And like it feels much more like lustful, which I think is the yes, point. Like which young is love. also yeah. the book. I mean, a hun- you haven't read it, but it, the book is a hundred percent all lust focused. Like mm-hmm. even all of Elio's love, like you said, it's 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 more of an infatuation than it is a mm-hmm. love, which I think is interesting yeah. and is telling of his age as well, because that to me feels very seventeen. Yes. Um, yeah. I think that. I don't know. It's ve- I think there's a lot to unpack in it. Um yeah. and I wish I wish I wish so Army badly that better. Army Hammer Ugh. was not in this movie. Because I feel like we could be having a it very been, different I conversation. Like, this would be like a, such it. a better movie without him. Yeah. And I have a hard time when people tell me that they really love this movie being like, okay, but why do you love why? This movie? Um, like, because yeah. I, I think what I, I like get it? fractions of it. I get it. Um, like you said, the aesthetic vibe. I oh, fucking love, love the aesthetic of this movie. Love. It makes me want to live in Italy. Um, it makes me, we should live in Italy. I think I'm going to move to Italy. We should, you know? we should definitely at least maybe, maybe we can save some money and, and take a vacation to Italy. That'd be awesome. Maybe like yeah. recreate, maybe like go like, to all the call me by your name locations. Yeah. Maybe like next, maybe not next summer. Maybe like two summers from now. <laughs> we'll make that. Uh, it's an yes, expensive. We'll, we'll make. It's we'll, expensive. We'll it's have expensive. a jar that'll be like on the counter. Italy we'll jar. Put, it'll be yes, our Italy funds. Great. And then anytime yes. we have guests over, we'll be like, would you like to donate to our Italy funds? To our funds? Italy funds. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. So I do think there is a lot of really interesting things about the filmmaking in this movie um i was very impressed with some of the aesthetic choices that are things that like maybe i didn't notice before um the way things are shot i think i just think it's a very good technical film yeah. uh, and i'm very as i was reading it i'm very impressed with his filmmaking um i wouldn't watch I more of his films yeah. because i find his dedication to the craft specifically um very unique and mm. very attractive the way that he tells stories through uh the lens and mm. but i don't i just i get so hung up on army hammer um yeah i guess we could talk I, about yeah, maybe some of the other themes in this um like family's a big piece of it um mm. and sort of like his relationship with his parents um and you mentioned the monologue with with the dad which he was not nominated for supporting actor oh which is crazy who who else was nominated that year because um that is crazy i feel like this is like the perfect kind of perfect supporting actor that is like like a real a real supporting actor i agree um like one big scene but like in the movie here and there you know has some great lines i i think this is a great role it would have been no 2018 oscars yes okay this is bringing me up 2017 i was like moonlight did not come out the same year right trying to think no 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 who what won what won the year that green book green book was the same year as call me by your name yeah i think so no, I'm wrong. There's Wasn't that Shape no of way. Water? Shape of Water. Shape of water. water. Okay. Okay. That we're good. We're in the right spot then. 
I just wanted to make sure because this is like telling me the year and I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It's always confusing. So the supporting role nominees that year were Richard Jenkins from The Shape of Water, which I have not seen, so I can't comment on that. Fake fan. (laughs) Fake film fan. Uh, Christopher Plummer from All the Money in the World. Have not seen that. What is that movie? I've never heard Um, of that movie. Sam Rockwell from Three Billboards. Oh, yeah. Woody Harrelson from Three Billboards. People mm. fucking love that movie that year for People some reason. People loved that movie that year. And yeah, then, okay, one. this one, Willem Dafoe from The Florida Project. That is an iconic Big role. Big fan. For real. That, great role. That is a great... Great role. One yeah, of my think, favorite roles get of, rid his, of the honestly. That, whatever that second one was of the movie that no one's ever heard of. Christopher Plummer? Of yeah, well, what movie is that? All I the gold? Know. All the money like, in the world? There's always those one random movies that no one's ever going to talk about. Like, get rid of that one. No one's talking about all the money in the world. It's a crime thriller with Kevin Spacey and Mark Wahlberg. (laughs) Yep. Sounds terrible. Oh, my word. Um, Yeah, get rid of that one. Um, But I really do think, like, the three three billboards, like, those are fine performances. But I think this one is so... It's such a, like it's a, a real character. supporting actor performance in my yeah. mind. Like this is the perfect type of role. I don't know. I just think like that. I think and it's it feels like a real person. Like I think a lot of supporting actor roles can feel very archetypal. Mm. Like oh yeah, yeah, they're doing a great job playing like this mean cop or I don't know. Like this feels like a real like fleshed out character that doesn't well, have like, a ton of screen time, but it feels like he's a real person and he's like really in this plays a key part in the movie. It reminds so. me of Judd Hirsch in Fablemans, where it's mm, like yeah. it's a role that is is present in the movie, but not like, you know, like they're not a big, yeah. big part of the movie, but they play a very impactful role in the life of the main character. That's where yeah. I think like a support, supporting actor really is. Um, yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, I think... The stuff with the family I find very interesting. I find it very interesting in the capacity of the age gap as well. Uh, mm. Because he f- it makes his relationship with his parents makes him feel very much like a child to me. I agree. Um, yeah. And I think that that. He still has a very. Which is interesting because I feel like he acts so much older than he is, or he tries to act so much older uh-huh. than he is outside of whenever his parents are around but i do agree like it's a very like affectionate like very childlike um both of their casting good. was really yeah. good which i think helps with that because i think it gives us a better foundation for elio's character and mm-hmm. helps us understand mm-hmm. him better because if we didn't have those scenes with his parents i think sometimes we could be like mm, he's kind of like the worst the yeah, worst he's kind of annoying uh and, like, but I think yeah. that it really benefits his character and kind of gives us a more rounded view of him and kind of like what's going through his mind or like his feelings because it sort yeah. of like, I don't know, attaches us to that sort of grounding um, of his relationship mm-hmm. with his parents. But No, I agree. Um, I think this is such like a rich text, this movie. I really do, like like you said, like it's, I, I'm really, it's really annoying that like it feels like there's such a key part of it just that is keeping me from liking the movie fully um but like i think there's obviously a lot of themes of like history and the past and i think like 
that scene where they're looking at those slides of like the statues and like, oh, like the, um, I like the sensual way that their bodies are are shaped and like how like there's just a lot of like I think very primal thematic things where like the prime the primal nature of lust or the primal nature of like I don't know feeling like you need someone to attach your affection towards um so i think there's like there's so much of those things that you can tell when you're watching it that wow that feels like a very like there's definitely something to that like that's not just something that is in the scene or like part of the movie like oh it's just a story that he's studying these ancient cultures Uh and he knows all like i think it's very of like a key part of the movie not that maybe i'm not smart enough or haven't seen it enough to unpack it totally but i do think there is like a lot going on that makes it feel like a really like well-constructed movie like when you watch this movie even if like maybe a performance doesn't work for me i feel like this is like a really like like a perfectly crafted movie and you can tell like he has such a he has such a like sense of like he knows exactly what he wants to get and the the pacing is so specific and even like the music choices beyond the sufyan songs which i think are great um like some of the like the piano pieces and even like the 80s songs he chooses to use i think are all like so specifically chosen and i just it's nice to watch a movie sometimes you know where it feels like they know what they're doing or like they have a reason for doing things and I was um, reading about that today, and he put so much intentionality into the song choices, too. Like, he picked the whole soundtrack himself. Um, James Gunn who? James Gunn who? <laughs> I would love to read a whole book about the making of this movie. That's how much mm. I appreciate the filmmaking and what I was reading today. Is I was, like, just reading bits and pieces, and I was like... I would l- read, like, if they made, like, a full, like, art book of this movie with essays and, like, stuff mm. about the making of it and had Luca, like, talking about it, I was, like, I would buy it in a heartbeat. Like, I would read that, like, so quick. Yeah. Um, because I just found it's – I find – this is going to sound so hypocritical of me, probably. Um, <laughs> I find a lot of modern filmmaking very – boring um Mm. i think there's very few directors that i find very interesting in the way that they make stuff just because i think a lot of stuff now is by the numbers and so like a lot of stuff kind of just gets plugged through the cogs of the machine and everyone has a system and and hollywood is the way it is and blah 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 blah. not that old hollywood is better or anything like that like i think there's a lot of interesting things about the way movies are made (laughs) But it, because of how immersed I am in the entertainment culture and working on sets and all that, uh, it's rare for me to find the making of a film to be, like, very interesting to me. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like, apart from maybe, like, Wes Anderson films or, like, the occasional art house film, like, the Batman, um, stuff like that, like... I'm not particularly impressed or interested by as much of the filmmaking process as I would like to be. And this reading about it today was one of the first times that I kind of was like, oh, let's like take a second and like take a step back and like Hmm. evaluate his process. Like it's one of the first times in recent years that I've felt that way about a project. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, I I think it's even apparent from watching it. Like I said, like it definitely feels very, um, I like a special movie. Even if, like I said, like maybe there's issues I have with it or things that I could critique about it. It feels like I think this is um a key movie of the 2010s. Um, I agree, and like definitely one that I think should be discussed a lot and brought up a lot and not forgotten because I think it is an important movie um to to talk about um other things that we could i mean i know we talked about like we've said like how good timothy chalamet's performance is but we haven't really talked about why um i think there's so many like little choices he makes it's the it's those little things that he decides to do that really make the character so sometimes like even the way that like he will walk or the way he will gesture to something or there's one thing he did one time where like he put his the way he put his hand under his chin like things that he does that make the character feel so alive and fully realized and really like i think a lot of that is like you said there's that those parts that really communicate subtly that is constantly reminding you of that how he is 17 years old right and there's like the there's a lot of things there that even though maybe on the surface he feels like wow this is a really like a kid that knows a lot he's really smart he seems like he has a lot of stuff together but i think there's a lot of choices that timothy chalamet makes in his performance that really like it shows you it it just shows you more like what is going on inside of his head and what is like his actual true nature um the the thing that he tries to portray like he's obviously trying to portray a very like cool like i don't really i don't really care what people think about me i i'm i do my music like i'm a i'm a well-spoken guy like he tries to present this persona and we're able to see the ways in that which where that persona cracks and like we are able to like see through it as the movie goes and as it goes, he gets mo- less and less in control of that, like, per- facade as he gets more, like, infatuated with Oliver, which I think is really, like, interesting. And you said they filmed this um, chronological order, so I think that did, probably so really, crazy. really helped with that because you can really see as the movie goes. That was part of more... the goal of why they did it was for the characters yeah. to grow with the story which is so yeah again another thing that's like very fascinating about this film um Mm. yeah i agree i think one thing that's telling about timmy's performance is that strangely enough you forget that it's timothy chalamet i agree which i think is crazy because he's so timothy chalamet you know what i mean like yeah he's at this point especially it's like not like watching this he's been in so many more things and i'm i'm i love this man i big fan i'm a i'm a major timothy chalamet fan he's like one of the only people i have post notifications on for on instagram because <laughs> i love him so much he has great posts um he does Very have great posts. posts um but but the thing is like i feel like with a lot of actors okay so for instance another major a-lister chris evans okay oh that's literally who i was thinking of when i watch a movie with chris evans in it i think he's a fine actor i think there's some things he's very good in and then i think there's some things i'm like hmm 
there are very few things that I forget he is Chris Evans. I think Knives Out mm. is one of them um, where I'm like, I almost forget that it's Chris Evans. But like when he's uh-huh. playing Captain America and stuff, I'm like, oh, Chris Evans. You know, but I feel like Timothy Chalamet is is so he immerses himself so much and is such a good actor that I literally am not thinking I'm like thinking he's the character, which I, I think is just rare for an A-list actor. Like no, yeah, I just especially in Hollywood because Hollywood is so much more about like persona. Like, yes, you develop a persona and you do that kind of movie and you like play this certain character over and over until you get too old and then maybe you develop a different persona or the audience just falls out of love with you i just feel like um, he's very such... much more like brit like in the british like acting tradition where it's like he yeah. really feels like that's a good point his role he is whoever he's playing well and he, like, like i feel that women, same way like, with dune as well like when he plays paul atreides like that's such a different role too that's yeah. one reason why i mean there's a lot of reasons why i'm so interested in wonka but I, I, I am very interested to see his performance in Wonka because yes. I just like, I don't know, it like just, it just feels crazy so different for him because casting choice. Because I do think that he was originally cast a lot as like you know that that this same type of character. Like Laurie is a fairly similar character, and I think his character in Lady Bird is a fairly similar character to this, yeah. where it's like kind of that young boy, beautiful boy as well. And I feel like he oh, kind yeah. of pushed about out of boy. that with great in that <laughs> I as well. About that movie. Um, he is very good in that movie. I think he pushed out of that a bit with Dune and kind of some of the other stuff he's done. But I think it'll be very interesting to see him in a role like Wonka and then whenever he does mm. the Bob Dylan biopic. Like I feel yeah, like I'm so I don't excited know. For I that. just like I I just think he's even just apart from it being Timothy Chalamet, I think he's one of the greatest working actors right now. Like I genuinely mm-hmm. think that he is like an incredible actor. And I think yeah. this movie just proves that to the furthest yeah. extent. Um, I think he should have won. I think he should have won the Oscar. And I for think this movie, who I, else was nominated for best actor? So it's a good, it's a stacked category. Um, okay. I'm going to read it to you, but I do think that his is the one out of these that is the most lasting in my opinion. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Gary Oldman in darkest hour. Great oh, actor. That movie sucks. But he's a great that was actor. A movie. I get it. He is a great actor. He is um, a great actor. Denzel for Roman J. What movie did he do? Israel. I don't know what movie that is, but Denzel's Denzel. Okay. I get it. He's, he's a good he's, actor. It's yeah. Denzel. Uh, Daniel Kaluuya in Get Out. Um, mm, Dan- that's a good That's a good nomination. Good performance. Yeah. And then Daniel Day Lewis in Phantom Thread. Oh, also. Okay. So it definitely is those top, those last three, I think, but are I, the ones. But I also that think that, like, Timmy didn't win because he's so young. And it's kind of one of yeah. those things that's like, well, he'll win again. Like, you know. Yeah, the Oscars are not going to do that a lot. I right. think out of these performances, who won? Daniel Day Lewis? Probably. I think Probably. that Timothy Chalamet should have won this. Like, looking As back it, at. Didn't all, Daniel Day Lewis already win one? Probably. Is that his second I win? I mean, it's Daniel Day I think he already won one. He, yes, because two. he won for fucking, um, what was the one that he won for? Uh, I don't know. Um, oh, my, he, nine, it says he won best, I don't know if this is not, yeah, this must be wins. He, 
he won in 2013, 2008, 1990, 2018, 2003, and 1994. Those are probably nominees. Okay, so he won for the movie My Left Foot, There Will Be Blood, and Lincoln. Lincoln. He didn't win this year, though. Gary Oldman won. Oh, fuck. Because it was the transformation role right like yeah 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 classic classic uh all you gotta do to win the oscar is to put on a fat suit and then that you'll win is but really still what but still but still but still i agree i, I think, think timothy, timothy chalamet's, chalamet's performance as much as i love phantom threat i think timothy chalamet's i think either is like the him or kaluuya original. were the ones that to me are the standouts here just be- i think daniel day lewis is great in phantom thread but I just mm-hmm. think both of both Timmy and Daniel were doing something so different and like mm-hmm. putting a performance that felt so fresh and unique that like yeah. I just feel like either of them should have won. Um Man, what a great year for movies. It that was twenty seventeen is Pete. still like the glory year of movies in the recent decade. That in twenty nineteen are the two are the two big recent years that have not been topped yet. I mean, I feel like we've kind of said, at least I've said all I feel like I yeah. wanted to say. Uh, obviously, um, I was going to say this at the beginning and then I forgot, but I'm not in, like, this community, the gay community. So, like, I'm not <laughs> obviously going to maybe the best person to ask about any of this, which is why I don't think, like, a lot of the things that I want to talk about with this are in relation to that. It's more, like, sure. literally I just don't find Army Hammer's performance believable um but i do know this movie is very like special to a lot of people and so i don't discount any of that obviously like i think this is a like i said a very important movie and it's crazy that it took what was that like 11 years since brokeback mountain for another movie to cross like that threshold and it didn't it didn't even like you said it made a good amount of money for the movie it was but that's not even like a lot of money yeah like it's not even close for an 11 12 year gap whatever like, that's crazy that it took that long for that much money to be made to beat that. And I even feel like there. what has come out after this? Like, that is on, like, bros? Like, what is, like... Bros? The, and, and that's a comedy. Like, what is the last... Like, when have they had another, like, LGBTQIA plus, like, drama? Like, a, like um, a real one. I mean, the one that I just talked about, spoiler alert, which was fine. But was that really a dr- was that kind it of was like a, drama. Com- a little comedic? No, though? it's a like, drama. Okay. He's like dying of terminal cancer. <laughs> okay, so maybe not. I mean, there's comedy in it, but it's like it's a drama right. for sure. But it like, just feels like the Brokeback Mountain and Call Me by Your Name are two like obviously trying those feel to go more for like art prestige. house for sure. Yeah, like pre- prestige, like big big director or like art house director. I don't know. I feel like. Is it going to be another 12 years till we get something that beats this movie? Probably. Maybe. It's already been Which six. Which is just really unfortunate. Halfway there. We're halfway there. Yeah. We're halfway there. Um, Living on a Prayer. That's another Bon Jovi song. Two Bon Jovi whoa, songs in one episode. We're halfway there. Whoa. whoa. Living on, on a prayer. prayer. Take my hand. <laughs> uh, anyway. Yeah. I... I think, you know, I I agree. I think there are a lot of people that this movie means a lot to, and I respect that. Um, this is not that movie for me. Uh, yeah. But 
I think also... But I do find it more fascinating now after I had re-examined it than I did before. I agree. Like, I, I agree. have more appreciation um, now. I think I also have more solidified thoughts on it now because I think the last I time we talked about this was when Laura came on. And I do think it's a good adaptation. I still agree with that. I think that... Mm. Um, I think apart from Army Hammer, I think it translated probably the best to film it possibly could have from the book um, mm-hmm. in in a very good way. Um, and I think at that time, like, I don't know, I like I didn't have a lot of solidified thoughts. Like I had things bouncing around and we've sort of bounced in personal conversations between us about this movie previously as well. Yeah. Uh, but I think this is the first time I'm sort of solidified some uh, actual thoughts where I was like, once I looked yes. at the book right after having watched the movie, then I was able to sort of actually like say something where I feel like I could speak on it where before it was kind mm. of like, I feel this way, but I don't really like want to comment on it. I don't really yeah, want I just feel to like participate I didn't, in it. I needed another like out to watch it one more time and like really think about it to have like a, a thing where I could feel like I could speak on like it in a, concise way yeah and um, i think this is a movie that i'll I, I mean i'll probably rewatch this again at some mm-hmm. point like we said the vibes yeah. are are perfect summer vibes immaculate um i would love to just copy and paste these vibes into a billion other movies like i would love yeah. to just make this aesthetic the aesthetic um we need for life we, honestly, for life for of my life. life i would like it to be my life my life is a movie i'd like my life um, to be a movie set in italy um with some great film and in talking heads and psychedelic furs just yes. constantly there um epic very epic and ar- not army hammer though he can not army hammer leave. he can he can go that boy can that man that man, that sorry, man. because he's a grown ass adult. He's a grown man. man. He can leave, or what is it in um in Back to the Future where he's like, he can he's supposed to say make like a tree and leave, and he says oh, what yeah. is it that he says make like a tree and get out or something? I don't know <laughs> when Biff when Biff Biff's the line. Oh yeah, he's like make like Classic a tree Biff. and but it's he doesn't say leave. Um, yeah, he messes it up. I don't remember what it is though. Um, I'm a fake fan, <laughs> fake Back to the Future fan. I- fake fan um maybe our question of the week should be like what is your what movie gives off the best vibes for you or like what just like vibe movies what's your favorite vibe movie vibe movie vibe movie what's your favorite what's your favorite these are the vibes man movie (laughs) Um, what movie do you think gives off the ve- the best vibes? We could do like summer vibe. Have we done like a summer okay. vibe question yeah. before? Yeah. What movie? What movie gives off the best Which, summer vibes? What movie do you? What movie? <laughs> what movie do you <laughs> want to be your summer vibe? Because it's funny because I think this movie really has become a summer aesthetic. Because yeah, I, I know you were saying this today, but I think for me too, like when I think of summer i think of this aesthetic and i don't know if that was something that was established ever before i watched this movie or just sort of morphed um but i know both times i've seen this movie i have the next day been like french 80s synth pop you know well and like i i love these i mean these sufian songs from it are like two of my top listened to songs on spotify i listen to them regularly and i listen to like 
I look up like Sufjan Stevens summer playlists and listen to those. Which is because of this. And it's because of this. Like I want those vibes to be my life. And unfortunately I live in small town America, suburbia. Um, Mm, And so this is not the vibe here. But one day, yes. one day, we'll one go to day, Italy. one day, we'll the Italy live on will the coast through. and it'll be this Ugh. vibe. Um, that day is not yeah. this summer. So maybe but that is a good question. Like, what movie do you want to be your summer vibe this year? Yeah. What, so like, maybe like Luca is another one again with the Italy. Great summer vibe. Italy yes. vibes. Um, Mamma Mia. High oh, School Musical wow. 2. Yeah. What is the summer um, vibe for. What is your summer vibe? Wet hot American summer? I don't know. Oh, hmm. What do you want (laughs) to be? Uh, Yeah, you can answer that question on Spotify if you're listening there. On Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. You can reach out to us on email. Anywhere uh, you want, really. It's all in the show notes. So reach out to us there. Then next week, we will read that question in the Twilight episode. Next week, we will be doing our first episode in our summer of Twilight where we go through the Twilight movies oh, that we have gosh. never seen. The very thus first far. one. We will be discussing the very first the very movie first in the Twilight one. series. Aptly named Twilight, you know. It'd be weird if the movie it'd be weird if the series was named Twilight and the Twilight book didn't come to like the third the third one. That would one. be weird. So it makes sense. Um that that's the first movie. So look out for that on Wednesday at ten AM. Um I don't have anything else, I don't think though. That's all that's all Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh-huh. Yep. All right. Uh, yeah, well, thank you all for listening. And until next time, I'm your name. <laughs> and <laughs> you've always set me up to feel like I have to say <laughs> the same thing you say. Like, if I have to say, I'm call me by. Um, it's well, but like your name, cause like you call me by your name. So that's what my name is. Well, I'm here's what I, I plan to say. Um, okay. Perfect. I am the yellow title credits ah. that have lasted. I feel like this established a yellow title credits thing. Um, this yes. and Wesley Anderson. Shout out to Belfast. Vibe, I am the yellow <laughs> <laughs> Belfast. Remember that movie? Wild times. Um, I am the yellow title credits. Perfect. That's a good one. Yes. Uh, and we're we're your, your second hand film, film crew.